Welcome to New Bridge Present Community, a place we experience perfection unto the measure of the stature of the fullness of Christ. Join us as Pastor David of Genevieve teaches and divides the word of truth. Be blessed as you listen to the sermon. In Christ, we are God's new breed. Those of us who were around on Thursday, were you blessed? Glory! So, we mentioned four reasons and we emphasized on the first three and we couldn't touch so much on the last one. So, the first reason why we give, number one, giving is our culture. Under why do we give? Do you understand? So, I'm here first. The first reason why we give is that giving is our culture in Christ Jesus. We talked about that. We encourage you to get the teaching. Giving is our culture. We said that it's an irony that a Christian will be born from the womb of giving and will not be a giver. You know, the Bible says, for whatever is born of God, overcome the world. You know, it's easy to claim, I'm born of God, I'm born of God. If you are born of God, that means you have the nature of God, right? And if God is a giver, then you are also a giver. Do you understand that? The Bible says, for God so loved the world that he gave. Now, the people he was giving to, some of them will still reject what he's giving them. Do you understand that? But God is a giver, therefore we are givers. Say after me, God is a giver, therefore I am a giver. Because I have his nature in Christ. Giving is our culture, number one. Number two, we give to break the hold of materialism. To break the hold of materialism and possessions over us. When things and possessions begin to hold us down, we let go of them. Did you understand that? We let go of them so that we can be free. So what happens is as riches increases, for the believer, he should be thinking more about giving. Do you understand that? There should be a system that helps that as your possessions increase, there is a release. Praise the Lord. And we talked about the rich fool. You can't go through that right now. He's in looked at two of his his goods, his gla- ground brought forth plentifully, and his goods increased so much. And after that, he didn't think about giving to the poor. He didn't think about giving to the work of God. He just said, I will break down these bands, build bigger ones, increase it, and I will say to my soul, soul, have your full. Uh, open Luke chapter 12. Soul, enjoy. Enjoy yourself to the full. The Bible says, he said, this I will do. I will pull down my bands and build greater, and there I will be stole all my fruits and goods. Verse 19. And I will say to my soul, so that has much goods laid up for many years. Take that ease and eat and be merry. He start flexing. <laughs> it's time to, to say my glory up true. <laughs> it's time to live large. But God said unto him, Thou fool! This night thy soul shall be required of thee. When whose shall thou shall those things be? Then whose shall those things be which thou hast provided? So now that you've 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 had it to the full, now that you provided everything, where and I'm requiring of your soul this night, where will those things go to? Who will partake of it? 
this is a strand of you know have we heard of something called poverty mentality poverty mentality believes that my life only gets better when i acquire and acquire and acquire a man who has poverty mentality even if he has 500 billion dollars he still believes it's not enough do you understand that it takes contentment do you understand that to be generous it takes contentment to be generous you must get you must have a, a limit in your heart and say okay I've settled the things I need to settle. I should start thinking about other people. I should start thinking about other things. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So we give to break the hold of materialism. There is a way things can have gravity upon you that you tell yourself, in order to come out of this, I'll give it out. And I gave you a story about how there are some clothes that I love so much. When I like a cloth too much, most times, the Lord will tell me to give it that. There's a way I had one suit like that. Every time I wear this suit, I feel like I'm flying. This suit was becoming my God. If I wear that suit, my voice will change. Excuse me? I don't. I, I will just change my voice. See, one day, one early morning, as I wanted to carry the suit, the Lord said, Son, see that brother, sew it into his life. Ah! You don't know how much that's become your God until you have to part with it. Anything you cannot give, anything you cannot part with, has taken a hold of you. Now, does that mean you have to part with everything? No. But know it in your heart that these things don't own me. I own them. God is not against you having things, but he's against things having Praise the Lord. So we give to break the hold of materialism over our lives. The third reason why we give, we give to lay up treasures in heaven. Very important. You know, this one, we, we talked about it, but we cannot place so much emphasis now because of time. I mean, maybe in the next season, maybe next day, when we are treating this series again, all the other things that we didn't treat with much emphasis, we'll talk about them. Listen, eternal life is a real concept. Whether you agree with it or not, eternal life is a real concept. If you are born again and you believe in Christ Jesus, there is something called the new heaven and the new earth. Anything you do here will play out there. I'm serious. So, Jesus says, lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. The money you are carrying, you cannot carry it into that new country. Do you understand that? But you can do something with that money here that it will convert into a currency there. Uh, who is hearing what I'm saying? That's why uh, uh, um, Paul in First Timothy chapter 6 verse 17 he says, charge them that are rich in this world not to be high-minded. Charge them that are rich in this world that they be not high-minded, nor trust in uncertain riches, but in the living God who giveth us richly all things to enjoy. Amen. Amen. Verse 18. That they do good, that they be rich in good works, ready to distribute, willing to communicate. Now, 
the poor people and the rich people have one ticket for currency in the new country. It's called good works. So now, this guy that may look like he may not have so much money, he can serve God and it will translate to treasures in heaven. Do you understand that? You that has money, you can also serve God with your money. Do you understand that? And it will also translate to treasures in heaven. Praise the Lord. And I, I showed you two scriptures to corroborate that. We looked at Matthew chapter 6 verse 19. I think so. Let's open it. Matthew 6. Look at what it says. It says, Do not lay up tre- for yourself treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. Verse 20. But lay up for yourself treasures in heaven. Look at this. Where moth nor rust doth corrupt and where thieves do not break through nor steal. So, whatever we do on earth, there is an account for us in heaven. Now, I've heard some preachers say we all have an account in heaven. And the account you deposit into that account in heaven determines what you withdraw on earth. No. This account is a fixed deposit account. <laughs> you cannot withdraw it while you are on earth. Are you following this? You don't withdraw it on earth. You withdraw it only when you get to heaven. Ah, where did you get that theology from? Okay. Philippians 4. Philippians 4 from, let's take from verse 13, or let's read from verse 12 to verse 13. Philippians 4 from verse 12. Now, this was Paul talking about how sometimes he he knows how to manage himself when he doesn't have money. And how to manage himself when he has. So he's saying, I know both how to be abased and I know how to abound. And everywhere and in all things, I am instructed to be full and to be hungry. So he knows how to be, when there is money, he knows how to balance himself. When there is no money, he knows how to still manage himself. You understand that? Both to, be, both to abound and to suffer need. This is important for a minister. If you, are, if you are a minister and you always want to have it luxurious, you cannot do ministry. For instance, as a church is starting, you are just starting ministry. Most of the people who will come to church at the time when you are just starting are not people who are so rich. You shouldn't be looking for rich people to minister to. Do you understand that? Look for the poor people. Minister to them. When they increase, do you understand that? You will also increase. Praise the Lord. I don't go around pushing rich people. They are the ones that come to see me. Praise God. Now, verse 13. It says, I can do all things through Christ who strengthens me. The concept, the context and concept of I can do all things is not that you can lift an aeroplane. No. It is that I can abound and I can abase. Meaning, even in that period when it looks like you are lacking, Christ will still be strengthening you in that period. Praise the Lord. Verse 13. I can do all things required to strengthen me. Verse 14. Notwithstanding ye have done well that ye did communicate my affliction. I hope I'm on track. Verse 15. 
Now, ye Philippians know also that in the beginning of the gospel, when I departed from Macedonia, no church communicated with me, meaning no church gave me, no church sent anything to me, no church entered into partnership with me in giving and receiving, except you only. Verse 16. For even in Thessalonica, ye sent once and again unto my necessity. Verse 17. Good. Not because I desire a gift, but I desire fruits that may abound to your account. Which account is this? Do you know that there are many people who they are rich in this world, but they are not rich unto God? Are you following this? They are rich in this world, they are not rich unto God, and they are not rich in good works. So nothing has abounded to their account in heaven. Who is following this? So, they are, they are rich in this world, but in the spirit, they are actually very poor. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. In the spirit, they are poor. And they will meet it when they meet the Lord. The poorest of them are those who are not saved. You get that. But those who are not saved, they have 1,000 deposits. But they have not said they're giving. And nothing is so. Because they are not said they're giving, nothing is credited to their spiritual account. It takes an eternal perspective to see that I will need that account when I, when, I, when I relocate to that other country. You will need it. In fact, it is this account that will determine your reward. Okay. And your reward in, in heaven or in the new earth is what you will live with for eternity. Is it not just wise to invest into that account? Now somebody says, but I've heard people say that you need to give so that you will get. They try to use this analogy of, okay, you give to this account so that you will get. But see verse 19. Now, this is Paul praying for the people of Philippians. In response to their giving. Praise the Lord. So in response to what they have given, Paul is now praying for to them. He says, But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory by Christ Jesus. He didn't say according to the riches of that account. Do you see this? So, when God supplies according to his riches in glory, from what he has supplied to you, you don't, you don't give and credit that account. Do you understand that? So, we receive to give. When you check the entire Bible, we only give because we have received. You can only love God because he first loved you. Do you understand that? But my God shall supply all your need according to his riches in glory. So, we receive. Say after me, I receive. Say after me, I receive. Say after me, I receive. So the fourth point, I just spent quite some time on to lay up treasures in heaven. So the fourth point under why we give is to meet needs. So why do we give? We give, so look at your notes. We give because giving is our culture. Number two, we give to break the hold of materialism. Number three, we give to lay up treasures in heaven. Number four, we give to Meet needs. Let me pay some attention to that. 
Now, honor meeting needs. We give to meet the needs of the church. A, to meet the needs of the church. B, to meet the needs of the pastor or the minister. Let me not just use pastor because minister. And C, we give to meet the needs of the poor. Praise the Lord. We give to meet the needs of the church. We give to meet the needs of the pastor or the minister. And we give to meet the needs of the poor. I thank God that from day one of this ministry, we've been given to meet needs of the poor from day one. Praise the Lord. So let's look at meeting the needs of the church. Luke chapter 8 from verse 1. Luke 8 verse 1. And it came to pass afterward that he went throughout every city and village preaching and showing the glad tidings of the kingdom of God and the twelve were with him. Who was this he? Jesus. Now, I always wondered, as a growing Christian, I always wondered how was Jesus moving from place to place? In leg no depinam. Do you realize that these men, these 12 guys that were with Jesus, some of them were married. They left their families and were moving around with the Nazarene. <laughs> how, how were they managing? You know, most people don't think about that. But the Bible is clear to show you how. Verse 2. And certain women, which had been healed of evil spirits and infirmities, Mary called Magdalene, out of whom went seven devils. Verse 3. And Joanna, the wife of Chusa, Herod's steward, and Susanna. Now, Herod's steward, that means she was close to the king. And Susanna, and many others, which ministered unto him of their substance. So, one reason why Jesus was able to move with the 12 disciples was because people were giving. They were meeting the needs of the church. They were given to meet the needs of Jesus. 12 guys will be moving with you. You will not feed them. They say a hungry man is an angry man. <laughs> they were, these people were giving to Jesus. That was how Jesus was able to move from place to place. So they ask, but what about when he walked on water? How many times? God gives us miracles, but he wants us to live by principles. Did you hear what I said? Oh, you think Jesus does not have the power to just be flying everywhere? That's when they will say, you are truly the son of the devil. <laughs> you are truly the, they called him Bezebub at one point. No, imagine a pastor. You just see me with umbrella flying. I say, I'm coming to preach in your church. Ah, say, <laughs> that pastor. <laughs> they, give, they gave to me the needs of the church. And many times, it is a properly structured church. Given, the needs, given to me the need of the, of the church, you're actually giving to need, meet the needs 
of the poor also. Remember when the Bible says that the, the, the early church brought their gift to the apostles' feet. And the apostles now called the seven deacons and said, okay, find people who have not eaten. That's Acts chapter 6. And those seven deacons were in charge of ensuring that the Grecians and the women had food. Let me tell you, church is more than just clapping hand. Do you understand what I'm trying to say? Coming to clap and dance. Church is almost like, it's more family. That, that's the word. But it's almost like an institution put together. Family. Do you know that the missionaries that brought the gospel, when they brought the gospel to parts of Africa, many of them came as though they were coming to establish schools. So you hear schools like Bishop Bajai Memorial College. You hear David Livingstone uh, Baptist College. They were teaching the people how to read and write at the same time they were preaching the gospel. So, the, the, the salvation of souls and the, the spread of the gospel is serious business. Not business to enrich somebody. Who. But business for the lives of men. Praise the Lord. To meet the needs of the church. Let's look at another example. First Corinthians chapter 16 verse 1. I know I'm opening verses that most people are not used to hearing. First Corinthians 16 from verse 1. Now, this is Paul. Now concerning the collection for the saints, as I have given order to the churches of Galatia, even so do ye. So, Paul was gathering resources for the saints. He told Galatia, arrange your what you are going to give the saints. Praise the Lord. And now he's telling the Corinthian church, I've given order to Galatia. Okay, you people, prepare your own. Praise God. Verse 2. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. Praise the Lord. So God prospers us, right? So as God has prospered him, when I come. So Paul is saying, I don't want to come and start saying, of you, what are you giving me? You, what are you giving? What are you giving? You people should take the first day of the week. Arrange everything. Paul was coming to visit these people. And he was telling them, before I come, arrange it. That's planning and structure. See, one major reason why many people complain about some um, fundraising in churches is because some churches don't plan. For instance, now you're having a program in October, right? Start telling them in April. If it's a big program and you need a lot of resources, start telling them in April. Don't just come in September and say, right now, there's a program. You must give. Everybody's under pressure. Hey, God. They will now write envelope. Write the pledge. Write how much you give and sign. Everybody will drop this thing. Write your phone number. Try to start calling. Where is your pledge? Come and redeem your pledge. Come and redeem your pledge. Come and redeem your pledge as if your pledge is a sinner. <laughs> Come and redeem your pledge. Come and redeem your pledge. But if you start telling them in January, tell them that, like Paul, see what he's saying. So that I am coming. Do you understand that? Now, somebody said, but anniversary is coming. You did not come and announce that we should start giving. The church is young. People are growing. Praise the Lord. There's a kind of 
see that I will not, I will kind of, I will not call for anybody to give here. I need to feed you with the word of God. By the time you explode, I will point to one brother, Brother Solomon. We have that equipment to buy. He said, Pastor, don't worry, I will take care of it. That's how you will be doing. Amen! Amen. Amen. Upon the first day of the week, let every one of you live by him in store as God has prospered him, that there be no gardens when I come. Verse 3. And when I come, whomsoever ye shall approve by your letters, then will I send to bring it to, to your li- to see- then will I send to bring your liberality to Jerusalem. There are two things here. This has to do with church structure. This is for ministers. He says, Whomsoever ye approve by your letters, meaning there should be somebody approved by the church to be in charge of the finances. Do you understand that? You approve somebody. And then will I send to bring your liberality unto Jerusalem. So, there are, this liberality is actually the things they have gathered. It was for people in Jerusalem. So, Paul said, okay, that person you've appointed, I will send him to bring it. Praise the Lord. I know most people don't read all this part in the Bible. Especially King James can confuse you. When you thou, thou shouted, thou, okay, no, leave it, leave it. <laughs> Praise God. We give to meet the needs of the church. Secondly, we give to meet the needs of the pastor or the minister, the ministers of God. Now, this one is where most people fight and uh, quarrel about. Some people even say, no pastor should be, be receiving money from people. He should go and work. Pastor should go and make his own money. As he's working, he should be preaching. Well, that's a good idea. But let's study the Bible, right? Let's just look at the Bible and see what the Bible says. Praise the Lord. Now, let me even address that. The concept of full-time ministry and part-time ministry. See, if you, if you want to follow the Bible, follow the Bible. Part-time ministry is an easy style. They're just working somewhere. It, it looks easy. Or let me just let me not say it's an easy style. It looks easy. You are working somewhere and you are doing the work of the ministry. It's easy to say. But when you start doing the work of the ministry, you realize that ministry work demands your time. When I mean time, <laughs> on Friday from 6.30 a.m. to 9 p.m., I didn't see that. I was walking stretch like that. If you really want to do ministry that will affect the lives of people, since 30 a.m., we went out for morning cry outreach. <laughs> After morning cry, we came back. They called me, well, let's go to the bank to fix up some things. L- while I was, that was still happening, somebody was still calling me, Pastor, pray for me. Now imagine, Pastor, pray for me. Pa- I cannot pray for you now. I'm walking, I'm on the field. Do you know how many times, while I was an engineer working on the field, I can't count how many times I will come back from the oil field. As I'm entering into the hotel, somebody, I was working in Worry one time. I entered the hotel, somebody called me, said, Pastor, pray. My brother and my sister just had an accident. One is dead already. I dropped the phone, put my, my safety boots. My other guys came and said, hey, what is happening here? I'm doing my work. Do you understand that? There are times when um, um, Sister Promise was giving birth. We were praying all night. 
<laughs> all night for the baby to come out because he was having complications all night night the morning no jesus when he was preaching and he was going from place to place to preach why didn't jesus say come give me small space make i go do small carpentry work the standard of ministry according to the bible is full time you stay there you are praying you are studying you are meditating you are preaching and as a pastor make sure you are working most times people read the bible and cannot understand you have the job you have the responsibility to interpret the bible the bible says if anyone wants desires the office of a bishop he must be apt to teach he must be able to teach if you cannot teach you are not so you are not qualified to be a minister that's what the bible says it's, it's, it's funny, but that's what the Bible says. So, and if you must be able to teach, you must study to teach. And the study is not... Sometimes you will study like this. One scripture will be confusing the other scripture. Huh? How come? So you have to now go and check other languages. How was it written in Greek? How was it written in Hebrew? Because it is people's lives. It's eternal, it's eternal things here. It's not newspaper. <laughs> it's apostolic writing. Praise the Lord. The standard of ministry is full time. But however, when a church, when you can do something with it, it's permissible. You can, it's permissible to manage yourself. But as the work expands, you have to, you self, you know. The idea is, we, we, we want to focus on the work at the same time you don't want to be a burden to people however the people should also know that they are responsible to the amount of God just as the amount of God is responsible to them praise the Lord so let's look at the Bible to see Galatians 6 verse. it says let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things if you are taught in the word, a proof that you are really blessed or blessed. <laughs> the brother, you really brushed me. You blessed me. Okay. How do I know? Carry something and give your pastor. Now, it may be very small, so you can decide to accumulate it. Some churches do what they call pastor's appreciation day. It's a good system so that they can also plan you understand that now the one who is taught the message must share his goods with the teacher that's what the bible see what the bible is saying must you see sometimes eh, the bible contradicts popular understanding i go carry your this thing go to give pastor i go carry your this thing go to give pastor now does that mean that the pastor has to force the people no the pastor must not exercise covetousness also not because you saw a, a, somebody buy a new jeep. You say, the Lord is saying, there is somebody here with a jeep. You have to sow that jeep. A pastor. Pastor, pastor, pastor. <laughs> you see, some people, some pastors, they just chucking eye for people's goods, people's things. I think, what do they call it? Oh, Joe Kukuro's, what? Long truth like this. Uh-huh. Thank you. You, the man of God, you must.
cast out covetous out of your life in the name of Jesus. <laughs> Sometimes it's competition. You just see another man of God is driving around for. You don't know who God has moved to bless him. You just come and meet your members. All of you are not giving. We will not be suffering. <laughs> you just come. My children's school fees in the name of Jesus. <laughs> ah. Pastor. The people should know that they should give. However, the pastor must not force it. He must teach them from the word of God. So let them give because they love God. And they love you. Not because you are the tax master. Tax collector. So you see what the Bible says. The one who is taught the message must share his goods with the teacher. Now, let's see another verse of the Bible. 1 Corinthians chapter 9. From verse 7. 1 Corinthians 9 verse 7. It says, Who goeth a warfare anytime at his own charges? Who planted a vineyard and eateth not of the fruit thereof? Or who feedeth a flock and eateth not of the milk and of the flock? Verse 8. These things, say I these things as a man. Now he's saying, these things I'm saying, am I just making it up? Am I saying these things as a man? Or say the law the same also. Verse 9. He's quoting a part of Deuteronomy. He says, For it is written in the law of Moses, Thou shalt not muzzle the mouth of the ox that treaded out the corn. Doth God take care for oxen? Verse 10. Or said he it altogether for our sakes. For our sakes, no doubt, this is written, That he that ploweth should plow in hope. And he that treasures in hope should be partaker of his hope. Verse 11. For if we have sown unto you spiritual things, is it a great thing if we reap your, can- your carnal things? Now, most people when they hear the word carnal, they think of bad. But most people when they hear carnal, you hear fornication. I just say carnal things are ah, fornication. No, it's not that. Carnal means physical. Earthly. Money is carnal, clothes are carnal, food is carnal, sleep is carnal, sex is carnal. But when a person is consumed by it, it's not good. Do you understand that? So he's saying, we've sold unto you spiritual things. Is it, good translation, is it too much? Is it a hard thing? He's talking to the Corinthian church. It looks like these Corinthian people here. They have strong head. Because anytime you talk to the Corinthian people, say, you know, it's as if Paul is fighting with them. Is it a is it a hard thing? Always if you read the whole Corinthians, first Corinthians, second Corinthians, he's always fighting with them. <laughs> ah Paul at the point say, You are my pistol, don't you know that you are my pistol written of all men? <laughs> this Corinthian church is well. He said, is it, is it too much if we reap material things from you? Meaning it was like he, Paul has to come and say, You people save. How far? I don't even preach, preach, preach since. You go wait for me, make I die first. <laughs> Please. Amen. Don't see. Nobody should attack any tribe here. Praise the Lord. Don't worry. When we are teaching abound, I will talk about some tribes. I'll talk about some tribes. 
Verse 12. If others be partakers of this power over you, are we not rather? Now, what does it mean if others be partakers of this power over you? He and Barnabas were close. They worked together in the ministry. There were some other apostles who ministered to the Corinthian church. And the Corinthian church honored them. But the Corinthian church was actually planted by Paul and Barnabas. So it's not like if these others, <laughs> that's not the main people. How this power, how far us, what about us? That the main, main, main something. Do you understand that? I'm using all those colloquial grammar, so you get what I'm trying to say. See, if other, you know, some people they know how to honor, honor other ministers apart from their own. When a guest minister comes, ah, they will carry seed. You see the person that to even bring out something to give his pastor, his heart just carries like this. Man of God, I have a move to give you. But now the person that was ministering to you day in, day out. Do you understand that? He said, if others, if others shed his authority over you, don't we even more? Now, see Paul. Paul said, however, we have not used his authority. Is that see, Paul was very scared of asking them. So, so we have not used authority so that we don't hinder the gospel. So you not say, ah, I don't want to come again. So Paul was careful about asking them to give. So he said, we have not used authorities so that instead of we enjoy everything so that we will not hinder the gospel of Christ. So Paul was suffering there. He was, he said, make we just endure so that the, we go see the preach. That is, we go see the hear the Bible. It is well. <laughs> He said, we endure everything so that we will not hinder the gospel of Christ. Verse 13. Do you not know? Now, he's still telling them, he's referring them back to Old Testament. He said, do you not know that those who perform the temple services eat the food from the temple and those who serve at the altar share the offerings of the altar? Now, this does not mean the pastor should just go and carry offering. Even in the Old Testament, if you carry showbread like that, something can happen to you. Is after they have finished it, arranged it, they will remove the one for pastor. Do you understand that? Do you not know that those who perform the temple services eat from the food of the temple and those who serve at the altar share the offerings of the altar? Verse 14. That's where I'm going to. In the same way, the Lord has commanded that those who preach the gospel should end their living by the gospel. Very serious. When a person is preaching the God when God has called you to preach the gospel. There are some people who even give some stories that touch me. So then we say they notice that when from the day the call comes, anytime they want to go and do another business, it will not work. It will not work. Why? The Lord has commanded that see the, and God knows why he's doing this thing. When you have your living from something outside the gospel, you may, you may be tempted not to take the thing serious again. You may be tempted to take that thing more serious. But when you know that this thing you are preaching is your life, and if you fail here, you are failed. You will take it more serious. You will do it with everything, with all the attention it requires. God has commanded that those who preach the gospel should end their living by the gospel. This is God's command. Be preaching your own, but this is God's command. Praise the Lord. I'm sure you are seeing the way I'm breaking down the verses. You are seeing that there is nothing we are going through today that the Bible did not handle that time. That time that the freeze or mommy freeze. 
Mommy D Freezer came and was saying you're just talking you're just talking trash. You cannot be outside the church and correct the church. Okay, who is your pastor? He says he's his pastor by himself. Okay. Free the ship international ministries. Oh no, in free the ship Nigerian ministries. Bible says in the last day, a lot of ministry was school. People were following freeze. It's not just cold, freeze. He was, let me tell you, many people they, 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 they like to talk against ministers and giving and tithing and all those things, not because they love God, but because they want something that will support their greed not to give. They don't want to give, so they are looking for a scripture to hold to to to, to build their conviction on. Ah uh-uh, ah, the Bible is not saying we should give to this. Okay, don't give, hold it. We will see in the other country. Praise, praise the Lord. Hallelujah. God has commanded. King James to say God has ordained. Some people have met me and said, ah, Pastor, this is the first time actually I started preaching the gospel on a wild mass scale since 2016. This is the first time in almost five years that I am preaching about money. You know why? I was scared. But you know what I noticed? Many people were moved. There were people who said, the Lord appeared to them and said, Carry, you now begin to become a partner. Ken Hagen even said, yeah, he noticed that churches that consistently give to their pastor always increased. He said he cannot explain it in his 65 years of ministry. People who were consistent with giving to their pastor out of love, not out of compulsion. Do you understand that? They always, they became better off. Congregations that were doing that became better off. But the ones that said, no, you see, both him, both the pastor and them both were suffering. Till God now relocates the pastor. God can, God can, do you know that the Bible shows us that last when we're talking about Ecclesia, maybe September or October, we'll do that study. God can scatter churches. God can, can resend. When a people are rejecting the message, God will send the man out of that place. But God sending the man out of that place is the condemnation of the people. It's a serious thing. When a people, it's called a prophecy. When God sends a man and is preaching and is preaching and is preaching and is preaching, a time comes when they have so rejected the message that he's no longer trying to reach them. They are now called objects of wrath. Meaning they are condemned. But it takes a very long time. And it takes a very hardened heart. Praise the Lord. So, you see, that scripture is first self-explanatory. Just, just one more. First Timothy 5 verse 17. It says, let the elders that rule well be counted of double honor. Now, especially they who labor in the word and doctrine. Now, the word double honor, that word honor is time, means salary. This is why I tell ministers, if you are going to, the Lord told me, and I tell them what the Lord told me. The Lord told me, if you will ever prosper in the work of the ministry, you must take the ministry as your work. You must take it very serious as work. So much serious that it's called labor. So be a laborer. Do you understand that? 
So for the scripture said, Thou shalt not muzzle the ox that the corn. The same thing Corinthians said. And the laborer is worthy of the reward. Be a laborer. You know the funny thing? There is a way a church can decide not to honor their own man of God. God will now move people outside the circle. Those people will now receive the blessings. I have connected to some senior ministers in this country. I have come to find out that it is most times, it is people outside the, the, his people that receive the chunk of his anointing. I found out. Except he starts schooling his, the people under him. Do you understand that? He starts teaching them, teaching them, teaching them. You play around on Thursday. You see the woman that came to give her testimony. How many times have you seen her here before? She came, the first night she came for service here was inaugural service. So after me, I receive. Okay. And thirdly, we give to me the needs of the poor. Let's look at Romans 15. Verse 25. Romans 15, verse 25. It says, this is Paul writing to the, to the Roman church. It says, but now I go unto Jerusalem to minister unto the saints. Now, when you read this to the saints, you will think he's going to preach to them. Of course, he's going to preach to them. But the minister to the saints here is not preaching. You will see what it is. Verse 26. For it has pleased them of Macedonia. Remember Macedonia. And Achaia to make a certain contribution for the poor saints which are at Jerusalem. Remember this. So Macedonia, remember Macedonia in First Corinthians chapter, Second Corinthians chapter eight. Macedonia and Achaia were contributing for the poor saints in Jerusalem. Verse twenty-eight, seven. It has pleased them verily, and their debtors they are. Pay attention to this verse. For if the Gentiles have been made partakers of their spiritual things. Their duty is also to minister unto them in carnal things. Are you seeing this? Jerusalem was where the gospel began from. And it's from Jerusalem the gospel got to Macedonia. From Jerusalem the gospel got to Galicia. From Jerusalem the gospel got to Achaia. Now, at a particular point, Jerusalem was going through a hard time. So, Paul now encouraged the other churches, the Gentile churches, to contribute and sent back to Jerusalem now that they are poor. Do you understand that? So Paul is saying that the Gentiles reaped of the spiritual gifts of Jerusalem. Now it is their duty to send back in canal things. Do you get that? That's God's order. Not just in pastors ministering to people and people are supposed to bless the pastor. In churches also. Sometimes a headquarter church will start. From the headquarter church, God will raise them. People will go out as missionaries, raise other churches in different places, preach the gospel in different places. Sometimes the headquarter church can be distressed. Do you understand that? It is the responsibility of those other people to send to help the headquarter church. Sometimes your man of God can be blessing you, blessing you. It can can come when he's in distress. This is what the Bible is teaching. There was a particular time I was part of a 
ministry at some time at some point and at a point in the general Vasia's life because of traveling to preach at this particular point his family had moved from one city to another city and now he has gone to a new city and they had to build a house for him they needed to build a house for him because the money they were spending on rent was too much. Not even church money. It was his personal money. I knew that because I was kind of close. Do you understand that? So they went to the first church he started and told them that our papa needs a house. Let's contribute to. People were complaining. What is it, Seth? How would they come out? What is it? Can't you find somewhere and stay? They were complaining. They did not know. They did not know that while they were complaining, God moved a complete stranger. The commentator went and built a house for him. While they were still wasting time, it was the pastors in the other place that said, Come, oh, we are being left behind here. Oh. Could it be that God is showing us? Yes. We are being left behind here. Oh. They have to not start encouraging people. Let's come and see what we can complete. Let's, let's try and give something to complete inside the house. Because God had. Let me tell you, there is a way a person can be can become so material conscious is doing like this. Go with okay. Where don't sir? Where don't sir? <laughs> and I don't leave you. Eh? Amen. Let it be that you wanted to give and you don't have. Then you have, but intentionally say because you go remove from my hand. Because you go this thing. Let me we see. If you like talk, 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 talk with you died yeah. <laughs> Their duty is to minister unto them in Canaan. And in this case, particularly, the saints in Jerusalem, because of that distress, they were poor. You know, Judea is part of Jerusalem. Open to Acts chapter 11. Acts 11. Hallelujah. From verse 28. It says, And there stood up one of them named Agabus, and signified by the Spirit that there should be great dearth. This dearth means scarcity. Throughout all the world, which came to pass in the days of Claudius Caesar. Verse 29. Then the disciples, every man according to his ability, determined to send relief unto the brethren which dwelt in Judea. Do you see that? Now, verse 30. Which also they did and sent it to, to, sent it to the elders by the hands of Barnabas and Saul, which is actually called Paul. So you see... Ministering to the poor was a very serious part of the early church. Guess what? You know, Agabus was a prophet. He saw that scarcity was coming. And they started planning towards it. You know what shocked me? I started pray, wondering, why didn't these guys pray against the scarcity? Let me tell you, there are some times that we live in a falling world. 
There are some times that prayer cannot change the matter. It's planning. Did you hear what I said? It's planning. So a church sometimes can see what is coming and say, ah, with the way the economy is going, we need to start planning to planning for welfare for the poor. Do you understand that? I shared a vision with some people who were close to me. I said, I see a day new breed where we'll have new breed accommodation scheme. Where we'll have 50 plots of land, different duplexes of 8 to 10 story building. Two bedroom flat, two bedroom flat, two bedroom flat like that. 100. So that the people in church are having issues with rent, all those kind of things. You can come into church accommodation scheme have a safe landing space before you start trying to arrange okay where you will stay. Do you understand that? Many times I've gone for evangelism and the people I'm preaching to don't have where to stay. I've thought about it. I've thought about feeding scheme for people. I've thought about so many things. They the sense the Christians in Kaduna that they drove out of their of their settlements. They have run out because of terrorist attack. Where are they going to? You get what I'm trying to say? Where are they going to? They are just on the run. They are going to IDP the, the IDP camps. Internally displaced people's camps. That place, in fact, is dead. In fact, many of them say in that place, many of them get pregnant. Some soldiers come and raise some of them and they get pregnant. These are the people that you actually sent to protect because uh, terrorists are coming. <laughs> you now became their own terror. So you see, there's so much for us. And by the grace of God, by the Spirit of God, we will get it done. Amen. Amen. So, we give the, the fourth point was meeting needs to meet the needs of the church, needs of the minister, needs of the poor. So in your little way, meet the needs of the poor. In our little way, we are trying. Even though we have suffered a lot on that ground. Amen. Let me not tell that story. Amen. Amen. We have seen many things. Many drama. Praise God. So, quickly, how, how should we give? So we have done why do we give? We treated why we don't give on Thursday. I don't think we'll have time to go through it. The wrong motivations for giving. So let's treat these two. Let's see if we'll have time to go through the other one. If we don't, listen to the tape. But if we do, you'll be blessed. How should we give? Number one, we should give reasonably. Give reasonably. First Corinthians sixteen. First Corinthians sixteen from verse two. First Corinthians sixteen from verse two. What's happening? First Corinthians sixteen verse two. It says, On the first day of the of every week, each of you is to put something aside. No, this is wrong. They are, they are. And store it up as he may prosper. No, 
Give me King James. King James. Upon the first day of, of the week, let every one of you lay by him in store as God hath prospered him. Look at that phrase, as God has prospered him. So, God prospers you, then you give. You see that, you always see that line there. We give because we have received. So, God prospers us. Say after me, God prospers me. As God has prospered him. So, they should look at, if we have to look at how God has prospered you and your giving, there's supposed to be some relationship. Not that God is prospering you in millions. And you are giving intense. <laughs> what did you say? <laughs> okay, now, how are we going to measure? How can we look at your giving and measure how God has prospered you? That is why we need percentages. That's why we need tithes. We need to, there has to be tithes. Today, this season, we cannot talk about the Titan doctrine. The wrong use of the Titan doctrine, the malpractice, we can't, no time. But there has to be Titan. There's a matter of people argue about. What about first fruits? Now, first see, on a basic level, the law has been cancelled. Do you understand that? The law has been abolished in Christ Jesus. So, that's why if you check the New Testament, there is no particular instruction to tithe. But there are instructions to give. Because the apostles were careful so that the people don't go back, don't have a reason to go back into the law. Because when people start hearing tithing, oh, law, okay, let's go and carry all the 600 commandments, circumcise, you wash your hand, all those kind of things. But there has to be a measure. There has to be, if you check what the people in the early church was giving, in fact, if you preach that one, they will even hang us. Somebody will sell the land and bring, 50, and bring the whole land. Not even title, they were bringing everything. Some of them, Ananas and Zafira, it was 50% they brought. Tight is 10%. Ananas and Zafira, they brought 50% and lied it was 100. And they died. Because they lied. Not because they brought 50%. Now, if I ask you, bring 50% of your salary, you just say, that's shush. We know they go again. Never again. You are gone. <laughs> there has to be a process to start your giving training. Do you understand that? There must be a, a, a practice. Because you see, giving is the spiritual devotion. Praise the Lord. Giving is what? Spiritual devotion. Say after my giving is spiritual devotion. There has to be a way to practice it. Okay, 10%. I remove 10% as my tithe. The other 10%, I will split my offerings within it. Then I will remove 5% my man of God. I will save 45. I'm telling you some strategies. I can say, okay, 25% is forgiving. 45% running costs. So, 45 plus 25 is what? 70. 30% savings. Very important. So, people can switch it. Some people can say, people, I can't cheat people. Say, so, okay, I will give <laughs> I will give 25 I will you run with 30 and save 45. By the time needs show up during the month, your wife will look at you and say, bring out that money. 
There has to be a way you set out. Do you understand that? I told you 10% split. You can say, okay, we give. That's why as a church, we don't take too many offerings. So that people can plan. So you know, okay, if there are eight services in a month, do you understand that? I can split it into the eight services. But that's why we don't take offerings on Monday. We take offerings only on Thursday and Sunday. You split it. Okay, so I can consistently give 200 naira. Be consistent with it. I can consistently give 500 naira. Be consistent with it. I can consistently give 400. Let me tell you, when you start being consistent like that, God will be helping you. I noticed. I started out, my partnership when I started more than 10, 12 years ago was 140 naira per Sunday. I used to use faith to get it to. That's 140. It was not something. It was not a small something. 140 naira every Sunday. After a while, I moved to 200 naira. Then I was consistent. Then it moved to 500. I was consistent like that. Then I now heard one preaching that they said, nobody should force you to give anything. Just give whatever you give. As you, it says, not godly, as every man has proposed in his heart. I say, hey. So today I will give 20 naira. Tomorrow 50. Sometimes I will carry 10 naira, put inside. And yeah. Do you know what I noticed? I noticed that after a while, scarcity became my friend. Scarcity. I was just like, ah, what is happening to me? I said, wait. Let me correct this thing. Let me correct this thing. So I changed and continued. See, it must not be magnanimously so large. That is why we don't tell you to empty everything. Okay, now the person has given everything. What will you eat tomorrow? Is it, is it the widow of Zarephath. She brought everything. She gave the last thing to the prophet. Then the Lord intervened. Pastor. Let God speak to the widow. Because the Bible actually said that God has totally spoken to that widow. But too much problem. God has spoken to her. So, God is the one. Those type of things, God initiates it. Do you understand that? And that's why you must be taught to grow spiritually. Because sometimes, God will stir you up. Stir you up like this. If you don't have that kind of encounter, well, you are still growing those are things that will happen as you grow. It's not, that thing that, not what we're going to force on you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. So, monthly, if you receive salary, you can split it like that. Praise the Lord. So, you, you give reasonably. As God has prospered him, as God prospers you, there should both be a cor- correlation between your giving. So, you know, okay, this is what I'm earning tithes. From your tithing and from your offering. So, okay, we can know how God has prospered you. It's a measure. It helps to measure. Praise the Lord. So, as a pastor, when you see somebody put tithe of 10 naira, you say, ah, I have to pray. Do you understand that? Let me tell you. There are people's givings that made me know that they were growing. I said, I know that my prayers were working. When they started, I was praying for them. Oh God. I knew that their seed does not pass 200. As I started praying for them, praying for them, ministering to them, after a while, 
Some of them will come and meet me. See, I've had ex- experiences. I know I'm a young minister, but I've been ministering for quite some time, almost a decade. Remember praying for a particular woman, her business was struggling. She was so after one day she ran to me, Pastor, I have tights. I said, Hey, I said, What happened? She said, God has intervened. Customers have started coming. This one, this one. She held me like this with see excitement. When I saw the tights, I said, Ah, thank you, Lord. This is good. At least for this month's level. The tithe was 10,000. I said, ah, thank God. Before that time, the tithe is 200 naira. Sometimes 20 naira. <laughs> tithe. You know it was very tight that period. <laughs> Hallelujah. As God has prospered. So we give reasonably. Secondly, we give cheerfully. Second Corinthians chapter 9. From verse 7. This was a scripture that they used to confuse me that time. Then I have not fully studied the Bible like this. Every man according as he proposes in his heart. So let him give. Not grudgingly. Nor of necessity. The idea here is. We should not force you to do what you don't want, what you have not made up your mind to do. Do you get that? So let him give, not grudgingly. Of necessity. Grudgingly is, oh God, every time safe. Of necessity is, you now use one style. <laughs> give me that somebody not plan for. Let me give you an example. You just come to church like this. Praise the Lord. Somebody gives testimony. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You see, God has done it. All my children have finally gotten married. Pastor, you're on the stage. Anybody that wants to step into this marriage blessing, come on, so now. I remember one particular one. The woman was celebrating her 90th birthday. So, everybody came out to rejoice with this woman. Oh, Mama, God has done it for you. It means that you ran up. Praise the Lord. If you want to contract to the anointing of long life, come and sow the seed now. Come and sow the seed. We're rushing out. He says, that is of necessity. Do you understand that? All those style like this. Come and tap into the long life anointing. But the Bible has already told you, he will satisfy you with long life. You are trying to use money to pay. It's called merchandise. Remember Jesus was flogging the people in the temple. He said, you have turned my house into a house of merchandise. When you make the things that God give people for free. I saw one. This one got me angry. He said if you want the Holy Spirit to be your guide. Come and sow a seed. <laughs> no, no. I can call the. Let me not call the. Let's, if you want the Holy Ghost to be your guide. He says some of you. You have been praying for the spirit to take over your life. For the Holy Ghost to guide you. But it's not, it doesn't seem to be working. It may just be your seed. Your seed may just be what is missing. Ha. Of necessity. Or look at it. Not reluctantly or under compulsion. See this translation. We are going to do breaking. We are going to break the course in your village now. So we need you to bring 150,000 for the prayer. That one is very rampant. 
bring 150k we are going to arrange hot prayer in your village and all the courses we break most times it does not break who will break it when you grieve the holy ghost are you hearing what i'm saying not under compulsion for god loves a cheerful giver you give reasonably and we give cheerfully then i can also add the give purposefully that is not under compulsion meaning we should not give and when you are done giving, you say why did i even give this thing safe now are there times when you have to give when you are not planning to yes those have to do those have to do with pressing needs and god will show you that this thing you need to respond Usually, those, that is when uh, is is another part of our teaching. But later, God is training you in the giving, in the giving practice. For instance, for instance, when the boy with the five loaves of bread and two fishes went for the crusade with Jesus, he did not go there planning to give out that thing. You know? It was self-contained <laughs> to minister to the middle belt after the three days of crusade. But Jesus was calling for people to give so that he could multiply it. When Jesus was done, there were 12 baskets extra. Obviously, the boy would have gotten some. Do you understand that? Those are the kind of times that people will tell you, ah, there was this, I've, personally, I've had such testimonies. There was a young man, he said, God moved him. To give a seed to me and to our church. That was when we just started self. I said, okay. He asked for the account number. Then we didn't have a corporate account. So with this particular lady that used to give our account, we sent it to him. He said, as he sent the money, two days later, somebody called him and gave him times 10. Times 10. He was shouting, Jesus. <laughs> Jesus. I told you about the guy who sent a seed god wouldn't send now quote unquote god wouldn't send the first fruits you get i mean i don't preach that every january carry all you know if you have not if god has not started moving you to do things like that don't do it don't do it out of necessity or you get that you will grow to when god will tell you do it he sent it he got two jobs in the u.s some of you know dell company the people that produce that computer, that's where he got the job. He got another one with a with packard. Can you imagine? I've seen things like that. So those are special cases where God will move you to make sacrifices. But for starters, no. You will grow in it. Praise the Lord. Lastly, what should we give? Galatians 6, verse 6. Let him that is taught in the word communicate unto him that teacheth in all good things. Say all good things. So money, clothes, food. Sometimes food is more important than money. I know some people say it's a lie. That <laughs> money is the most important. So Acts chapter 2 verse 44. It says, And all that believed were together and had all things in common. And they sold their possessions as Acts 2 verse 44. 
and they sold their possessions and goods and parted them to all men. Now, when I said, what should we give? I'm, I'm talking about meeting the needs, both of the minister, the church, you can give, you get. I remember those days growing up, I really grew up in church. There were times that people did not really have cash, so they would bring rice to give. They would bring ram to give. And those we were the last to leave church. So we are the ones that we clean the floor, packed us, we are going like this. Young man, come here. Bring that waterproof. It was four rice for you. Just going home. Praise God. <laughs> Hallelujah. So, what should we give? We should give all things. All things are giveable. How? And we treated this. We treated this on Thursday. We are out of time. We can't treat it. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Hallelujah. Have been blessed. Thank you for listening to the sermon. We hope you have been blessed by the teaching. Please visit our website, newbridgeccng.org, to download more of our sermons. Remain blessed.